Let's head to the UK now, though, where Harriet Lyne uh, is Deputy Political Editor for the Daily Mail. Good morning, Harriet. Hello, good morning. Uh, Commons chaos, you're describing it as Gaza. What is happening in the House at this very uh, stressful time? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that it was absolute pandemonium in Parliament this evening. Uh, Really incredible scenes, scenes I've never seen in reporting in Parliament, even in the Brexit years, uh, which ultimately uh, could lead to the Speaker uh, falling on his sword, I think is quite likely uh, in the coming days. It all revolves around a uh, opposition day vote on Gaza, which, uh, as your listeners might ponder, what impact would that actually have in Gaza? Well, frankly, none whatsoever. Uh, but it is a fine example tonight of MPs uh, managing to make the story all about themselves when in reality, however they vote, whatever they say, isn't really going to make the slightest bit of difference on the ground. An opposition day debate was uh, won by the SNP, the Scottish National Party, and they had tabled a motion calling for a ceasefire, uh, an immediate ceasefire, which uh, is the party's position and is not wildly different from both that of the Labour Party and the government. But in as with all things uh, related to this conflict, even you know the smallest sort of change in language is significant. Um, now, the Speaker of the House of Commons very unusually broke with convention today and selected a Labour amendment calling for an immediate uh, humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. Tonight, that was one. But before that, there were absolute chaotic scenes with Conservative MPs, some SNP MPs walking out of the chamber in protest at Sir Lindsay Hoyle, the Commons Speaker, at the handling over this debate. Now, MPs, including the um, Commons leader Penny Mordaunt, uh, claimed that he had hijacked the debate and undermined the confidence of the House by breaking with these rules and selecting Labour's bid to amend the SNP motion. Now, the confusing thing about that is that the Labour Party is the opposition, but uh, the SNP is also an opposition party and it had secured this debate. So it's unusual to have both motions uh, being selected for a vote. The SNP motion had called for an immediate ceasefire. So a slight difference in terms of uh, an immediate humanitarian ceasefire versus an immediate ceasefire. What it ultimately meant, and this is where the controversy lies, is that Keir Starmer, uh, the Labour leader, avoided another very damaging revolt in the Middle East issue. Now, he uh, last year, at the end of last year, uh, lost a handful of front benches over a similar vote on Gaza and whether or not there should be a ceasefire. And so Lindsay, who, while speakers sort of throw off their uh, party affiliation when they are elected speaker, was a Labour MP. And I think there are questions over whether or not he was trying to help Keir Starmer with party management when ultimately that isn't his job. He has said that it was about MP security and he wanted MPs to have as much of a chance to express their views as opposed to uh, being sort of pushed into this slightly awkward sort of parliamentary uh, rule book way in which you either vote against or for this motion uh, and wanted MPs to have a bit more of a sort of plethora of uh, of options. Um, but yes, in selecting that amendment, uh, he, uh, he, he basically triggered absolute chaos. Um, and so tonight there have been MPs calling for him to resign. Uh, there was a sort of a highly unusual motion for the House of Commons to sit in private, but that was ultimately rejected. And then this evening, Sir Lindsay uh, apologised to the Commons, uh, faced 
a cry, of course, for him to resign. He said that he thought he was doing the right thing and the best thing. He said, I regret it and I apologise for how it's ended up. But ultimately, this is, as I said at the beginning, this is not going to make a difference in Gaza, in Israel. I don't think there's anyone probably in that part of the world looking to the House of Commons tonight for any kind of direction. Uh, but for viewers at home and uh, and for MPs, it's quite serious in terms of uh, whether the Speaker has lost the authority of the House and whether or not that means his position potentially could become untenable. Just looking at the time, has the House risen there? When, when does this resume? Uh, it has as last as last time I checked. Yes, yeah. and then uh, and then it will be back to be back tomorrow. So, where, where, where um, this will be, be back comments. back under discussion. Do we think we might get some motions about it? Yes. So the speaker has said that he will. He wants to speak to the main people involved. So that'll be the leaders of the parties, the opposition whips, the government whips, uh, basically to try and explain his position. But uh, you could well uh, see in business questions tomorrow in the House of Commons, which happens every Thursday, some quite critical comments, I think. And then uh, I suppose it is ultimately up to the speaker whether or not he thinks that he has he commands the authority of the House still. There's... Um... Different perspectives with respect to Trident, which of course is Britain's nuclear um, um, program, if you like. Can you just explain what's happened to cause such debate? Yes, so there's uh, been a, a what was likened to a Fosbury flop of a uh, trial with the uh, nuclear deterrent last month, which was secret until yesterday when it was exposed by the Sun newspaper. Um, now this. What happened was there was a test off the coast of Florida uh, during which the Defence Secretary Grant Shapps and the First Sea Lord, uh, Admiral Ben Key, were on board HMS Vanguard, which is uh, one of those nuclear subs, uh, to watch this sort of doomsday drill. Unfortunately, the Trident II missile uh, was propelled into the air as planned, but then uh, the first stage boosters did not ignite. And it, according to one source, just went plop into the sea next to the vessel and sank. Uh, Now, that has raised some quite serious questions about whether or not this Trident deterrent, which ultimately is what what all nuclear weapons are, a deterrent, uh, is actually fit for purpose. If when a test is done, it doesn't uh, ignite some sort of force of might, it actually fails rather spectacularly. Now, the Defence Secretary has insisted today that uh, the nuclear deterrent remains effective and dependable and Sources I've been speaking to say that actually this was a very technical issue specific to a test and that if this uh, was if this uh, missile was fired in anger, then the problem would not have occurred and testing equipment would not have been attached. And it was that testing equipment which failed. But the former British Army Chief Lord Dannett today said that the failure was a national embarrassment. Other um, military figures are talking about the fact that it's uh, ruined sort of the effectiveness of that deterrent and actually potentially is quite serious for national security. Um, so, yes, quite an embarrassing day uh, for the MOD and now a leak inquiry, of course, underway uh, on Whitehall to try and establish where and who leaked this. How old is uh, the system? And that I don't know. I think about 20 years old, if yeah. I'm roughly right, but I'm not an expert. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've had it for, for a while. And, uh, and previ- well, the embarrassing thing is the previous test in 2016 also went wrong. However, the makers of the missile system say that I think 119 times it has been successful. It does appear to be an issue with the testing equipment as opposed to the actual missiles. Um, but they are due for replacement um, in the next decade. I'm just trying to find that date, uh, but have not been successful. Uh, it was announced as far back as uh, as 1980, but it'll be interesting to see 
um, when exactly it was activated. 